from the WIA. This is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. This is WIA National News for week commencing September the 23rd, 2012. Hi, I'm Robert, VK3DN. And I'm Brian, VK3GR. How you doing, Rob? I'm, I'm well. And guess what? We're back. We are back. Two in indeed. a row. Two in a row. Hey, Brian, we got a bit of uh, feedback this week via our new feedback form we put up on the WIA news page on the WIA website. We did, and thank you everyone for uh, submitting, and here are a couple now. Well, and thanks to uh, Ed Durant, VK3ARE, and uh, he wrote to us uh, a bit about, well, a piece that we'd actually missed Sorry. on last week's news, and uh, Ed has uh, sent in a story about an Australian-run ZL9HRD expedition, and uh, we apologise to Ed. Sorry about that, mate. And he has sent us an updated piece on that, which we'll hear later in this week's news. So uh, thanks, to Ed, for that. Uh, who else do we get? We got uh, ooh, David Byers of VK6DWB, and uh, he thanked us for great broadcast, and he was playing it on his journey and the way to work, and he entertained him all the way, apparently. So good one, Dave. Thanks again for letting us know that uh, you were listening to our broadcast. And well, thirdly, we had another regular uh, who's a broadcast listener, Actually, you picked us up on a uh, reference to our use of the word chairperson, Brian. Chairperson. I've, uh, I've come across this one a couple of times before. Well, what this person was referring to was our use of the word chairperson rather than chairman. And in actual fact, this guy's right. The word chairman, um, Brian? Chairmanus. Manus meaning hand from the Latin. But I'm going to sit on the fence on this one and not ruffle too many feathers. Yeah. So uh, thanks again for... Uh, uh, picking that up and uh, letting us know that the uh, the real meaning of the word uh, chairman is not uh, necessarily gender specific, as uh, many may think. All right, each week we've been uh, promising to catch up with uh, a WIA director, and uh, this week I've, we're catching up with David, VK3RU. Now David is the uh, new secretary at the WIA. Good morning, David. Good morning, Robert, and uh, good to be here. David, last week we uh, interviewed Phil Waite and we found out a little bit about Bill's background and uh, some of the work that he's doing with the Institute. I was hoping maybe we could catch up with you and uh, let the listeners know a little bit about your background as well. Well, I started life in electronics and uh, have drifted from electronics in buildings to uh, buildings and I work as a construction and project manager for... uh, one of the major uh, trade supply retailers around the country. So from uh, the building industry to ham radio, what's the uh, connection, Dave? Well, I got involved in uh, ham radio after I was starting to uh, work less and less in electronics and I felt the need to uh, enjoy the smell of uh, resin solder uh, under a soldering iron. And so I drifted into... I got some of my early connections with ham radio were uh, born out and I decided I'd go and do my licence, I figure it was in the late 90s, get more actively involved. But I had been involved in, in amateur radio in my early days, but on the periphery. And uh, so uh, this was more a uh, sense of getting back to my roots maybe and um, getting more actively involved in, in amateur radio. My uh, activities these days in, in amateur radio uh, I quite enjoy the the VHF, UHF, and and upper bands, 
and um, quite keen to get out in, and involved in the, the field days. Now, recently you've joined the WIA in the capacity of secretary. I think that was just after the AGM in Mildura, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Um, I took on the job from the, the 1st of July, and really this is an opportunity for me to return something to the amateur radio fraternity to uh, replace something that I've taken out of it, and having been active as an amateur for uh, quite some time, it's just an opportunity for me to uh, make a return. And really, the things that I'm interested in is uh, trying to get some of the um, the back-of-house uh, systems um, to make sure that we cover off on some of our compliance points and uh, to give Malin, the uh, the main office, a bit of a hand to make sure that we can make a contribution to streamline some of the processes and help out the office in the back-of-house uh, sort of routines. I'm sure they're really going to appreciate your help and your support in the office. It's a, it's a very busy place. Well, if anyone wants to contact you or has got any questions... Secretary at WIA.org or VK3RU at WIA.org will find me fairly readily. Thanks again, Dave, for uh, meeting with us this morning and uh, talking to the listeners, and thank you for your contribution in becoming our new WIA Secretary. Yes, thanks, Robert, and uh, great to be here, and uh, thanks for the uh, the welcome here this morning. And many thanks to David, uh, our new WIA Secretary. Okay, Brian, uh, hams across Australia, you take this one. Let's get into it. VK2, as reported last week, Amateur Radio New South Wales will be conducting a one-day foundation course today, Sunday 23rd of September, at the VK2 WI site in Dural. Assessments will be next Sunday, so good luck to all candidates and thanks to the members giving of their time to run the course and assessments. Also next Sunday, the 30th of September, at the Dural site, 63 Quarry Road, is a morning T&T and homebrew afternoon gathering. So check out the ARNSW website at www.arnsw.org.au for the various activities. Those attending assessments, remember to bring a passport, photo and identification. And to VK3 with the Ballarat Amateur Radio Club. The guys have sent us this report on their Ballarat Hamvention 2012. The Ballarat Amateur Radio Group will hold its annual Hamvention on Sunday the 21st of October 2012 in the usual venue provided by the Ballarat Greyhound Racing Club in Rubicon Street, Redan. Doors open for traders at 8am and general access is at 10am. Those that have attended in the past will know that this is a really good day out in a really roomy indoors venue with historically around 60 to 70 tables of new and pre-loved amateur radio gear, test gear and general bits and pieces on sale. We work very hard to make the event a place where both first-timers and regulars are welcomed, be they traders, browsers or buyers, and each and every one is given every assistance to ensure that they have a great day out. Entry for everyone, including traders, is $6 per head and tables are available for $10 per 1.6 metre section. We would really encourage people to use the opportunity to turn over some of that gear that has been sitting in the shack for a little too long, and those bits and pieces you've been struggling to find a use for. Give another amateur a chance to put it to use, and make yourself a few dollars in the process. If you don't think you could support a full table, then the Ballarat Club has a table where they are more than happy to sell the goods for you for a small commission. Historically, we've had a really strong representation of commercial traders and dealers, and we're pleased to continue this tradition into 2012. No amateur gathering is ever complete without a bit of food, a place for a coffee and a good catch-up with friends. There is a well-catered food area designated and it is provided with a goodly amount of seating and generous sized tables. If you love building equipment, then how about a bit of show and tell? 
There is a special section for homebrew projects with sections for novices, skilled and very skilled with generous prizes for each category. Amateurs just love seeing other amateur projects and admiring their ingenuity. If you come every year, we look forward to seeing you again. If you haven't been to Ballarat for a while, then please consider paying us a visit. It's a truly beautiful town with lots to do for families and we would be delighted to see you at the Hamvention. If you need more information, then please visit the BARG website at www.barg.org.au or you can contact us via Roger, BK3 ADE on 03 5330 3081 or Ian, BK3AXH on 03 5341 3012. For bookings, you can contact us via Hamvention 2012 at barg.org.au. We look forward to seeing you there and don't forget the date, 21st of October 2012 and the venue, Ballarat Greyhound Racing Club in Rubicon Street, Redan. This is Malcolm, VK3FMAL for the Ballarat Amateur Radio Club. And thank you very much for sending the audio in there. To VK4, Tark does the comedy review. Tarkadians and friends will once again be thoroughly entertained when they head along to this year's Townsville Choral Society Comedy Review on Saturday evening, November 3rd. A stellar cast will regale the audience with music, comedy, songs, sketches and stunts designed to keep the name of Thelingua alive and well. This year there is no dinner provided, however complimentary wine and cheese will be served before the event and uh, drinkies will be available. Roll up around 6.30 to get a parking spot, doors open 7, with everyone to be seated by quarter past. A fantastic show, excellent company and it only costs 25 a head. See the Master of Time and Space, Ian, VK4IGM, to book and pay for your seats. Act now, as the event is very popular and places will go in a flash. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Moving on to operational news, Dateline 2012 worldwide. Oceania DX contest, sideband October 6th, and then the uh, CW portion the week after, October 13th. More about that a bit later. In VK, spring VHF UHF field day, November 24th and 25th. And to special event stations, DX Beacon and Net Advice. The 2012 Oceania DX contest is now only three weeks away with the phone SSB section in the first weekend in October and the CW section on the second weekend in October. This will be a great opportunity to work a lot of DX stations in the Oceania region as well as giving your station a test drive for the new DX contest season and the CQ Worldwide Contest events later in the year. The phone section runs from 0800 hours UTC on Saturday the 6th of October to 0800 UTC on Sunday the 7th of October, with CW running at the same time as the following weekend. All activity is on non-WARC bands from 160 metres through 10 metres. The organisers are expecting a good turnout from VKZL and YB stations, as well as stations from some other rarer Pacific entities. The main aim of the contest is to promote HF contacts with stations in the Oceania region. Oceania stations can work other Oceania and non-Oceania stations, and non-Oceania stations can only work Oceania stations. More information and the rules are available from the contest section of the WIA website thanks to Trent VK4TS, the WIA Director in charge of contests. 
To the Keith Roger National Parks Award, the first to achieve all 45 Victorian national parks is Peter Fraser, VK3ZPF. It's taken him from the warm sunset country in the northwest to the cooler climates of the distant Gippsland Lakes. Peter, VK3ZPF, will be on air with others over the forthcoming special VK3 National Parks weekend of November the 16th to the 18th. Keep an ear out that weekend for at least the national parks at Heathcote Greytown, Burma, Gunbow, Terek Terek, King Lake and St Arnold. If you intend to activate a national park on November the 16th to 18th, then put it on the master list at the Amateur Radio Victoria website, amateurradio.com.au, which contains all the rules and endorsements. And again, my apologies for last week's miss on this news article. Thank you very much to uh, Ed, VK2RE, for sending in the next report. Monster Antenna. The HARAOA president and de-expedition leader, Tommy, VK2AR, has just finished construction of a 40-metre two-element Moxon antenna. Yes, that's right, a two-element 40-metre beam is going on the ZL9HRD expedition to Campbell Island at IOTA OC037 for the activation between November the 28th and December the 9th. The element length is 15.5 metres long. To see the construction of this monster, simply search for Zulu Lima 9 Hotel Radio on YouTube. The size of this antenna meant that it needed to have its own special shipping crate built and over the last couple of weeks all crates have been built and the fitting out of the four shipping containers finished. All of this is on schedule and all equipment will be shipped out of Sydney before the end of the month. The team are also delighted to have received several more sponsors from both commercial, associations and clubs and individuals. All of which are listed on the website at zl9hr.com. Again, a great vote of thanks to all of the sponsors, without whom this de-expedition could not take place. So where will ZL9HR operate? On which bands and which modes? While the aim is to operate on as many bands as possible and try to give as many amateurs as possible the chance to work this rare DX location, your vote on the website will affect some of the plans. So, if you haven't already done so, please go and vote for your preferred mode and band by going to ZuluLima9HotelRadio.com and clicking on the survey button at the top of the homepage. Presently, 10 metres is by far the most requested band, followed by 160 metres. As for modes, CW leads digital, followed by sideband. Please refer to the website zl9hr.com for the full, up-to-date information about this major de-expedition to the Great Southern Ocean. 73 from Ed, VK2ARE, Australian Publicity Officer for ZL9HR. Well, thanks uh, for the uh, report and thanks again for uh, sending it in a second time for us. PT0S, de-expedition to St Peter and St Paul Rocks. The de-expedition will take place in late November to mid-December. The actual dates will depend on weather conditions. There's actually been an official ban on amateur radio activities from PY0S, although the ban which was created for environmental and safety reasons remains in place, a special permit by Brazil's SECIRM, the Brazilian Navy Ministry in Environment and Labour, to conduct a two-week long operation. Thanks to Southgate for that uh, report. I had to look twice at this one, Rob. I thought it was R2-D2, but I, I got it wrong. The uh, 
3D2C de-expedition to Conway Reef. 19 operators from all over the globe are to participate in a tent and generator operation from Conway Reef in the South Pacific Ocean, the 35th most wanted DXCC entity. The team expects to arrive at Conway Reef and become active on September 26th, running through to October 5th. The main goal of this de-expedition is to work every amateur radio operator who needs Conway Reef for a new DXCC country. They'll be active on all bands from 1.8 to 144 megahertz, including the 5 and 50 megahertz bands. The team will be active on CW sideband and RIDI, with special attention paid to faraway stations in Europe and Africa when propagation permits. The official website is a bit of a long one, so check out the text edition for the link. Okay, and here's some more. FRDJ7RJ, that's Willie, DJ7RJ on Reunion Island, that's AF016. He'll be there September the 26th to October the 21st with CW and SSB ops on 160 to 10 metres with an emphasis on the low bands. VK9XM, Pekka, OH2YY, and Pekka, OH1TV from Christmas Island, October 6th to October 12th, sideband and CW ops 40 to 10 metres. T30PY and T36, Tarawa, Western Kiribati, October the 16th to the 25th, and details are at http www.mdxc.org slash T30PY. VK4, JA1NLX, Akisan, from Hamilton Island, OC-160, October 18th to 23rd, operating CW and SSB, 40 to 10 metres, and uh, there's another long link to check out in the uh, text edition. KH8JA2ZL, ANSI JA2ZL, Pago Pago, American Samoa, OC045, October the 23rd to the 29th, with ops on CW, SSB Ritty, 80 through 10 metres. And finally this week, an old modulation technology is making a comeback for AM broadcast stations in a new and money-saving way. Amateur Radio Newsline's George Bowen, W2XBS, has the details where something old is new again. Back in the days of full carrier AM transmission, one very popular and low-cost way to put one's voice onto a carrier wave was to modulate the final power amplifier's screen grid. A variation on this that required no heavy modulation transformer was to vary the output power of the transmitter at an audio rate. You do this by varying the final amplifier's screen voltage at an audio rate. This system was called Controlled Carrier AM, and it was made very popular on the handbands in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s in such budget price transmitters as the Heathkit DX35, DX40, and DX60, to name only a few. With the advent of single sideband transmission, Full carrier AM fell out of favor in the ham radio world, but it has remained a staple in the broadcast industry and other services that want to get their message to the public. And now, carrier-controlled modulation is making a comeback among broadcasters, but not in the way it was done by radio amateurs of the past. For broadcasters who spend tens of thousands of dollars a year paying for electric service, the ability to raise and lower power levels can be a major cost-cutting factor. And because of this, a number of stations have received waivers from the FCC to experiment with several new forms of carrier control technology. In one instance, transmitter manufacturer Harris Broadcast and New York City powerhouse WORAM say they have had success with a power-saving modulation-dependent carrier-level algorithm. 
This, with no effect on Arbitron portable people meter data encoding or decoding, the station's HD radio signal coverage, or digital audio quality. Harris Engineers worked with Tom Ray, W2TRR, who is the Corporate Director of Engineering at WORAM in New York, to test the compatibility of two Harris modulation-dependent carrier-level algorithms. Amplitude modulation compounding provided the largest reduction in transmitter power consumption by saving 37% in average AC power input to the transmitter. WOR estimated this translates up to a $3,000 per month savings on the electric bill at their New Jersey transmitter site. So will this new form of amplitude modulation companion bring back full carrier AM to the ham bands? While a tiny segment may decide to experiment with it, more than likely SSB will remain the preferred voice system among ham radio operators worldwide, at least until it's replaced by a digital voice system at some time in the future. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm George Bowen, W2XBS at our Northeast Bureau here in Albany, New York. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. And with thanks to uh, AR Newsline for the piece. And actually, while we're talking about uh, news in the US, here's a quick one. Intel thinks that the future of all equipment is wireless, Rob. Does it really? Yep. Tell me more. Uh, Here we go. Intel Corp believes that the future of all equipment has to be completely wireless, whether it's a laptop or display or something else. To achieve that, Intel wants to integrate radio in every applicable chip it makes. Well, welcome to the party. (laughs) That's right. Where did that come from? Uh, This is from the Intel Developer Forum. Uh, There's some more comments here from uh, Justin Ratner, the Chief Technology Officer at Intel. They call it the IDF. That's their um, big yearly uh, conference. Wow. Welcome to the uh, 21st century, Welcome to radio, lads. And to the Worldwide Special Interest Group news segment. And today we have Astronomical. Explosion on Jupiter noted by amateur stargazers. Amateur astronomers last week reported a bright fireball on the planet Jupiter that appeared to be the result of a small asteroid hitting the planet during the early hours of September the 10th. As the fireball faded, attention has turned to try to discover any possible debris around the impacted site. Observers will be monitoring the region in the nights ahead to see what, if anything, surfaces. Updates will be posted online at the spaceweather.com website. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, CW. The Fist CW on the Facebook page of Fist CW Club. You can access a recording made by Finbar O'Connor, radio officer at the closing down of Marlin Head Radio Station in County Donegal. At that time... Five compact discs were recorded, and these have now been converted to MP3 files, and the link is available for all to listen to by clicking on the Facebook page of the Fist CW Club. That's facebook.com slash Fist CW Club. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Females in Radio, ALARA, the Australian Ladies AR Association. A reminder that their net is held each Monday on 3.57 MHz plus or minus, commencing at 10.30 UTC. And that's 10... 100 UTC during daylight saving. And here's a reminder from Leslie, VK5LOL. Hi, this is Leslie, VK5LOL, your Alara contest manager. Just a reminder that I need your logs in by the end of this month, the 30th of September. That is the logs for the Alara contest. Thanking you, Leslie, VK5LOL. Well, thanks again, Leslie, for the reminder. 
Last week, here in VK, we had another Aris contact. And to tell us a little bit more about what happened, Gordon, VK4VP. Hi, my name's Isabel. What subjects did you do in high school and university to become an astronaut? Over. I studied uh, mechanical engineering in college, and then in my postgraduate, I studied uh, aerospace engineering. And there's a lot of uh, people from different uh, backgrounds in the uh, astronaut and cosmonaut corps. Uh, You have medical doctors, you have pilots, you have engineers, scientists, and also we have teachers. Over. What a buzz for the kids at Maruchidor State School on Wednesday afternoon of this week just gone. They had an exciting opportunity to talk with Aki, KE5DNI, who is currently travelling on the International Space Station. Local communications were handled by President Richard, VK4RY, from the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club, along with a few helpers. Also involved was Shane, VK4KHZ, out at Glendon, Tony, VK5ZAI, in Kingston, South Australia, and John, AG9D, in Montgomery, USA. Communication started at about 5.03 and lasted for only 10 minutes before the ISS was over the horizon. But what an opportunity for the school kids and an opportunity for us as amateurs to show what radio can do. There is no other way to talk to the astronauts, so hopefully some of this might stick in the heads in the years to come. Until next time, this is Gordon, VK4VP. Thanks again, Gordon, for the report. Now, this contact was also published on The Breakfast Show, 612 ABC Radio in Brisbane. A program blog post with audio is available on the station website. And the URL is available in the text edition of this news service. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Amateur Radio CubeSats to deploy from ISS. JAXA have announced that the deployment of five CubeSats from the International Space Station will take place on Thursday, September 27th. Four of the CubeSats carry amateur radio payloads. The five CubeSats on this mission include RICO, Japanese translation for that is Thunder Drum, it's a 2U CubeSat with photography and KU band beacon, We Wish, it's got uh, infrared camera for environmental studies, a FITSAT-1, high-speed data test and high-power LED visual tracking, the F-1 Vietnam Student CubeSat with onboard camera for Earth observation missions, and Tech EdSat. More information, including link modes and frequencies, can be found at the AMSAT news section at amsat.org. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting and the St George Amateur Radio Society activity. Yes, the St George Amateur Radio Society will be running a Jota station at the Bonner Point Reserve Cunnel, New South Wales, this year as part of the annual Scout and Guide Boree Regatta event. The station will have two VHF transceivers on 2 metres and 70 centimetres and two HF transceivers operating 80, 40 and 20. The call sign will be VK2LE. The station will have over 500 scouts and guides on air from 10am Eastern Daylight Saving Time until 10pm Eastern Daylight Saving Time on Saturday night, 9am Eastern Daylight Saving Time on Sunday morning through to 2pm Sunday afternoon. Look forward to making 2012 a truly memorable Jamboree on the Air event. Further information, check out the St George website, again in the text edition of this new service. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. The ARRL Simulated Emergency Test. The American Radio Relay League holds its simulated emergency test next month to try out equipment, operating skills and emergency deployment plans. Setting the date as October 6-7, to 7, 
It has invited the Amateur Radio Emergency Service, the National Traffic System, the Radio Amateur Civil Emergency Service, Skywarn, the Amateur Radio Relay League field organisations and other groups to be involved. In the US, many volunteers are active in disaster preparedness communications with a variety of agencies that rely on radio amateurs to provide service during emergencies. The ARRL has agreements or memoranda of understandings with several including the American Red Cross, the National Weather Service, the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Salvation Army. The membership of the ARRL and the number with a call sign are growing slowly. A factor is the continuing interest in emergency, disaster and public service communications. Thanks to uh, Jim Linton, VK3PC, for that story. Now, Yesu donates new gear to help rebuild rest station HS0AC. Yes, Yesu has donated a pair of FT2000D transceivers to the Radio Amateur Society of Thailand to help rebuild its headquarters station HS0AC that lost its radio gear during the severe flooding last year. The presentation of the two transceivers to the Radio Society of Thailand was made by Dennis, K7BV, who is the company's Executive Vice President, Amateur Radio Sales, and also holds the call sign HS0ZKS. In his note, K7BV said that Thailand was what he called extremely radioactive, with over 300,000 hams, mostly of whom are on VHF. However, that is in the process of changing. Dennis says that after seven years of waiting, Thai hams are once again able to test for a licence that gives them operating privileges on the HF bands. According to K7BV, some 40 applicants have already passed the new exam this year and at least one more test is scheduled before year's end. Weiss and Victoria are involved in two events during October. If you're available to participate, please get in touch with the contact listed for the event. Saturday, October 20th, Mini Canoe Marathon Achuka, contact Jared Werner, VK3GER. And Sunday, October 21st, Stockman's Rally in Big River, contact Ian Morris, VK3IFM. Okay, we're getting towards the end of the news, Brian, and it's time for the Social Scene 2012. On September the 28th to 30th in VK4, the Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club AGM at Camp Fairbarn, Emerald. October 21st, VK3, Ballarat Hamvention. And November the 4th in VK5, it's the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society Hamfest at the usual location in Goodwood. November 11th in VK3, Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group Hamfest. And on November the 25th in Get in VK3, it's the Spark Hamfest at Rosebud. Looking forward to next year, August 17th and 18th, worldwide is the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend again. That's it. All right, Brian, end of the news. Uh, thanks again to all the people who have contributed. And don't forget the feedback form on the WIA website news page. Let us know if you've got any news to tell us or if there's something that you'd like to find out about what's going on in the world of uh, WIA or amateur radio. Let us know. Well, that's it. We're done. Week number two. Happy to be here. And happy to have you along again next week. So take care and good DX. And as always, we've reported and you decide. We've reported, you decide.